You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to The Strength to Heal, brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department, the AMEDD. Your host is trauma surgeon Dr. John Armstrong. Dr. Armstrong is a former Army colonel who served as director of the U.S. Army Trauma Training Center in Miami, Florida, and as chair of the ACS Army Committee on Trauma. Medical discovery through the Army Medical Research Enterprise. Our guest is Major Promotable and Dr. Molly Clote, an allergist immunologist and chief of the research review service at Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C. Welcome, and I must say congratulations, Major Promotable Clote. Thank you very much, Dr. Armstrong. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, Dr. Clote, how has the war impacted Army Medical Research? You know, I got involved in the Department of Clinical Investigations here at Walter Reed close to about a year ago, and I thought coming over here I was going to find that the war had had a detriment on people's ability to do research because of deployments and just other obligations that people have now. But in fact, you know, looking over the past five years, we found is the number of protocols where people put in applications to do research really hasn't changed. What has changed is the focus of the research that's going on. And so the war has taken departments that traditionally hadn't been as involved in research and sort of put them on the forefront of the research that's going on related to the war. So departments like orthopedics and physical medicine and rehabilitation have really come far forward in terms of the number and types of protocols that they're doing and their contributions to medicine in general as a result of this research is really quite incredible. Now, is there any linkage between medical centers or to the Veterans Administration hospitals when it comes to research protocols? You know, it's funny that a lot of people think that Walter Reed, because we're a military institution, that we're part of the Veterans Administration, and really we're not. The history has long been that our research efforts have been separated, and there are a lot of programs right now going on at the Veterans Administration that are follow-ons to the care that's going on at the medical center. And so a lot of researchers here at the hospital and we at the department level are trying to build some bridges with the Veterans Administration in order to basically get the outcomes of what we're doing clinically. Someone on point on that is Dr. Tripp Buckenmeyer, who has introduced a number of new pain management techniques that he's been looking at in the soldiers and now trying to follow up with the VA to find out how they worked for those soldiers and getting that data back so that we don't have to relearn these lessons over and over again in the military. What is the scope of medical research at Walter Reed? You know, there's about a thousand ongoing research projects at any given time. Probably each year, we get about 200 new proposals in for research to be done. Some of those make it through the process because it's a pretty rigorous process that you have to go through. There's a scientific review process where, you know, our statisticians and medical personnel look at the protocols from a point of view of, is it scientifically relevant? We also look for military relevance to make sure that it's something that is worth the time of the command to put potential funds behind. 
And then it has to go before the Human Use Committee to look and make sure that ethically it's correct and it's not going to impose on the autonomy of the participants or be a study that's going to end up being controversial for the military. So with these 1,000 protocols that are going on, almost every department at the medical center is involved. And part of the fun of my job is getting to see all those protocols as they come through, as I get to chair the scientific review committee and look at the science behind what everybody in the hospital is doing. So it sounds like your research review service is looking at the science, but it's also assessing risk. So it's assessing risk on a number of levels. Always our primary concern, and really my committee looks at science. The next level up is our human use committee. And what we want to make sure is that the participants in research are protected and that the risks that we are having them take, which they are signing up to take freely, are as minimal as possible. But that's protection both for them. It's protection for the investigator to make sure that they're aware of all the federal and local regulations that have to be considered So we're protecting the participants, we're protecting the researchers, and ultimately the commander of the hospital is responsible for all of the research that goes on at the hospital. So ultimately we're protecting the command. Well, if you had to share a sample of ongoing research efforts at Walter Reed, what would be in that sample to capture the kaleidoscope of activities? So aside from all of the new protocols that have come up as a result of the war, our kind of underlying protocols that we've been doing for years and years are related to a lot of chronic diseases. I mean, we have the oncology protocols or the cancer protocols. We have a cardiovascular health program that's been doing research on cardiovascular disease. We have the Diabetes Institute headed by Dr. Bob Vigursky, who currently have about 12 protocols going on now with another six in the pipeline. And just to give you an example of some of the things that they're doing within the Diabetes Institute is now looking at genetic screening for diabetics and looking to see if there are variations in some genes that lead to the development of diabetes-related complications more than in patients that have those variations in the genes. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Strength to Heal, brought to you by the United States Army on ReachMDXM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. John Armstrong, and our guest is Major Promotable and Dr. Molly Clote. We are discussing medical discovery through Army medicine. Dr. Clote, what is happening with this pain study that you'd mentioned earlier? So Dr. Buckenmeyer is an anesthesiologist. And morphine has been the standard of care for battlefield-type injuries or any kind of major trauma in the United States and really worldwide. And through his efforts, through the work that he's doing, he has now been able to introduce continuous peripheral nerve block infusions in our soldiers as far forward as in the combat support hospitals so that they get great pain control starting you know, the minute that they begin their AeroVac back to the United States. And it's such an improvement over, you know, what had previously existed, which was basically just, you know, knock them out with morphine, because that's really all that anyone had really looked into. So it's revolutionizing not only the pain control for the soldiers, but it's going to revolutionize all kinds of trauma pain management 
out to, you know, somebody gets involved in a car accident, hopefully this will translate over to the civilian community and they will begin to get better pain control. One would think that it would contribute to recovery in the sense that if you're not requiring systemic pain medicines, you can better engage in rehabilitation efforts and you can actually have better physical therapy and occupational therapy, for example. Absolutely. And an area that I'm not sure whether they're looking at then is what's the effect then of getting that pain control on potentially, you know, post-traumatic stress from the injury and those sorts of things. But there's so many opportunities to look into and, and try to gain from every injury as much knowledge as we can so that we can pass that along to the next generation of not only military physicians, but all physicians in the United States. It sounds like there's a fair amount of cross-pollinization across various medical specialties. Well, the efforts that are going on now have allowed those to come up. I mean, I just came out of a meeting where the rheumatology department, the allergy department are meeting to try to do some immunologic work together on rheumatoid arthritis and are looking for, you know, serologic markers and different things. And it's just exciting to be able to help build those bridges between the various departments within the medical center. And you had mentioned earlier that there is ongoing work when it comes to traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder. How are the various groups involved in those protocols linked? Well, Ultimately, the Congress has just given funding to look specifically at traumatic brain injury, which has become the, the really the signature injury for this war, and try to get to the bottom of what's going on with the brain. And really, the processing of the brain, the recovery of the brain, it is a kind of a black box in medicine. And so the efforts that are going on now between psychiatry and neurology and neurosurgery to try to put those understandings together and come up with reasonable solutions as to, you know, what's going on with healing and what are the best approaches to take in terms of brain injury and what are the next areas we need to research on to try to get these answers. Well, we've been talking about research at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Some listeners are curious about what's happening at Walter Reed. Is Walter Reed moving? Is it closing? What can you tell us? Of course, the Base Realignment and Closure Act of 2005 established that what will happen in the national capital area in Washington, I mean, we have two major medical centers really about six miles apart. And so the goal of the BRAC is to take the best of Walter Reed and the best of the National Naval Medical Center and combine them. And so construction has begun over at the complex at Bethesda. Really what we're going to do is have a synergy of these great medical centers into even a better medical center that's going to be a resource not only for the national capital area, but for the whole nation. Well, it sounds like it's going to facilitate the continuing Army Medical Research Enterprise. We have been talking with Major Promotable and Dr. Molly Clote, a young physician making a difference through leadership in medical discovery in the United States Army. Dr. Clote, thank you very much for being our guest. Thank you very much, John. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for listening to The Strength to Heal on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. The Strength to Heal is brought to you by the United States Army Medical Department, the AMEDD. For more information on this or any other program, 
and to access our on-demand features, please visit us at ReachMD.com. For more information regarding Army medicine, go to healthcare.goarmy.com slash heal to learn more. When we talked to Captain Ernesto Cardenas, an OBGYN in the Army Medical Corps, we asked him why he chose the Army for his practice. His answer surprised us. He didn't talk about being given an established practice or not having to worry about insurance, employees, or rent. He didn't say that he enjoyed having the most advanced technology at his disposal or being a member of one of the world's largest healthcare systems. Captain Cardenas talked about giving back to the country that had given him so much. He went on to tell us about practicing in a humanitarian mission to his native Colombia and the sense of pride he felt in providing free care to people in need there. A medical career in the U.S. Army or Army Reserve is rewarding on many levels, personal and professional. You can reward your career, your country, and your life for a lifetime. Exercise your strength to heal. Visit healthcare.goarmy.com heal to learn more. That's healthcare.goarmy.com heal.